Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out, to cure every disease and every illness. The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon from Cana, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them thus, Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Drive out demons. Without cost you have received. Without cost you are to give. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Reading the crowd, or sometimes called reading the room, is one of those essential skills needed by comedians and politicians and sometimes um, uh, exuberant preachers. The, the ability to be able to kind of feel where people are at, and whether they're up or whether they're down, whether they're bored, whether they're engaged, and, and what jokes are going to work and what jokes should be set aside kind of on the fly for a politician being able to tell when the people are really with them and that they'll follow him all the way to the polls in November. Oh, that's a, those are essential skills. And preachers, of course, they, they, they have to be able to really know their crowd, to really know their room if they're going to have all those people come up for the altar call when he says come forward now and receive the Lord Jesus. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a skill, it's a talent that's kind of hard to learn. If you can learn it at all, it's an instinct that some people really have and they're really, really good at reading their crowd, reading their room. One of those people in the history of humanity who excelled beyond measure 
in reading his crowds, of course, is Jesus of Nazareth. In today's gospel, we hear yet again how when crowds come to him, he can feel them. It's not just kind of knowing, you know, who's out there. Well, I this, this morning, I've got mostly people who are from Galilee or mostly people from Judea, so therefore I've got to adapt my message a little bit. It's far more than that. As, as the gospel tells us this morning, Jesus, when he sees the crowd, could feel what they were feeling. He could know them as a crowd, what their ups and downs were, their joys and their sufferings, their burdens, their sense of being lost or found, all of that Jesus picked up on instinctively and intuitively and deeply in his spirit so that those crowds, each with an individual with a story, he could minister to them he could serve them, he could speak to them, he could shepherd them like no one else. He was extraordinary when it came to reading his crowds. Now, Jesus reads his crowds not like a comedian reads his, kind of adapting the jokes to fit the group over the night. He certainly doesn't do it like a politician so people will follow him and take him off and make him king of whatever. And, and he's not even just like, like a common preacher, you know, who's sort of trying to get the people excited enough to come up and make a commitment to, to the Lord. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. What Jesus offers those crowds, and not just the crowd in a general sense, but to each individual in that crowd, is love. It's, it's knowing them and respecting them, touching them and healing them, strengthening them, forgiving them, consoling them, being compassionate towards them in their weakness, mercy. All of that, all of that under the beautiful title of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is present in Jesus to them and for them. That's why they're coming. Not because he puts on a good show. Not because they might see a cool miracle. Not because he's a famed preacher on TV. They come because they know he will know them. And he will speak to them. And he will lead them. And he will lift their burdens for them. He will heal them. Most of all, they come because they know that when they see Jesus and listen to Jesus and are indeed touched by Jesus, they will experience God in his love, in his compassion, in his closeness to them. The wonderful thing about this particular story of Jesus and the crowd in this morning's gospel from Matthew is that it's very clear that this is not about Jesus himself. Jesus is not standing up there saying, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm the center of attention. The spotlight's on me. Come follow me and, I'll, you know, and make me king and I'll take care of your social needs. He's, he's not saying to the people, you know, come to me because I can put on a big show, watch a miracle or two, go home astounded. Your jaws drop. That's, that's, that would be cool. 
It's not about him. And it's clear that it's not about him insofar as he then takes his grace and takes his mission and, and takes his spirit even and shares it with his 12 apostles, Peter, James, John, and all the others. What he's doing is not just sending out advance men, like the guys who would go ahead of a circus or a carnival and put up posters and say, y'all come now. These guys go out to the crowds so that they can bring the same thing Jesus brings out beyond him. They share in his mission. They share in his shepherding. They share in his work of bringing God to those who need God most in their lives. If Jesus wanted all the attention on himself, he would have just sent them out and said, go tell people I'm coming. But he sends them out and says, you do what I do. I want you to announce that the kingdom of heaven is here and now. I want you to heal. I want you to strengthen. I want you to offer mercy and compassion to those who are burdened and without shepherds in their lives. And all the while he is doing this, Jesus is kind of turning back and looking at the people who should have been shepherding these poor and these needy, these crowds all the way along. We hear about them throughout the gospel stories. You know, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the priests of the temple, the official guys of religion in their time. Jesus is saying, look, this is what you should have been. These people are shepherdless because you are not shepherding them. God has given you a role to play. He's given you a gift. He's given you all kinds of talents and graces. And there you are with your noses stuck in your scriptures and your calculating of the laws and your offering of sacrifices with the people coming to you to bring you their stuff and you're not responding to them. You have come to expect the people to serve you rather than you serving the people rather than you shepherding the people. That's why they're lost. That's why they're unshepherded. That's why there's such a great harvest waiting to be harvested, because you guys are not doing your job. But that's not a condemnation for Jesus. It's an invitation. Come on, it's not hard. It's not hard to show forth the presence of God, the kingdom of heaven. It's not hard to heal. It's not hard to strengthen. It's not hard to do what I'm doing. Come on in, join us. Well, we know how all that goes. Doesn't go well, of course, because they're embarrassed by the fact that they are not good shepherds, and he is, along with his disciples. In today's gospel passage, there's one little section where Jesus says, you know, the harvest, looking at the crowds, ministering to the crowds, he, he says almost as an aside to his disciples, you know, the harvest is really big. There are a lot of people out there who are unshepherded, who are broken, who are needing, who are, who are wanting to know God in their lives. Pray that the Lord might send laborers into the harvest because it's so big. And, 
And he, he could be talking about our times, of course. He is talking about our times, any time. The harvest is always big. There's always crowds. There's always people in need. There's always people looking for shepherding. And when then Jesus adds, pray for laborers to go into the harvest. He's not asking us all these centuries later to pray that other people go, raise up lots of vocations, this and that, raise up sisters and brothers and priests. It, it, that's not exactly what he's saying. What he's saying is, pray for yourselves that you will go into the harvest, that you will go into the crowds, that you will bring the kingdom of heaven to all those people who are longing for it out there. When Jesus invites us to pray for laborers to go into the harvest, for shepherds to shepherd his people, for people to heal and offer consolation and, and bring life and grace to, to those who are living without it in their lives. He's, he's looking at us and, and today in hearing those words, we, we, we hear him talk about these laborers and in hearing him speak this way, we know that indeed, in a sense, we have met the laborers of the harvest. And the laborers are we.